Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. Welcome once again, Bread and Circuses Podcast. I am Rooster, here with Crow. Hello. How you doing, Crow? Just dandy, as usual. Okay. Well, I, I, uh, I'm I, going to surprise you with something here. Okay. We have a guest today. <laughs> Do we? Oh, yes. That is, that is news to me. You ready? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd like to introduce uh, our guest today as Kanye West. Kanye, say hi. Hey, where, Kanye, where are you going? Uh, <laughs> He left. <laughs> well, at least Milo's here, right? Is did Milo stick around? Milo, you not? He just followed him. He followed um, him out. What about Nick, he was gonna, Nick, Nick he was, Fuentes? He was gonna, no, he we didn't have him here because he's such a racist. Yeah. So well, since you started on that topic, that's uh, we'll, we'll continue <laughs> on, on with that one. Um, you know how I said I think it was last time, the time before. I think it was yeah, it was with Dodo Bird that uh, or before when we were talking about. Now we kind of, kind of, everybody has to get on the Trump train now that he uh, announced that he's running for president. We kind of ha- just have to back him, and I'm starting to go, oh man, this is going to be tough. Um. So, well, first of all, for those who don't know, and how you don't know, I don't know, but uh, Kanye West, who goes by Ye now, I'd call him Ye, but no one knows who you're talking about. Um, and he had, he was on Tim Pool's show with. Nick Fuentes, who before last week I'd never heard of. I had before yeah. he got banned. He was uh, he was a, a young, controversial guy that um, yeah, said some outlandish things to get attention. Isn't he just like the white supremacist version of Charlie Kirk? Uh, he's he, I, I don't even necessarily know if he's white supremacist. I I think he's a you know a, a, a nationalist and a what do you call it? Um, uh, what do you call it? You know, ethnocentric, whatever. But I don't think he's a white supremacist per se. Well, so I think it's, it's you know, it's, it's hard to I'm it's using, hard to figure out what he actually is. I'm using the left's terms to describe yeah. him, and that's I mean, what I hate. Though, yeah, he's definitely, um, you know, he's definitely something. I don't know what it is. I've never heard the guy. He's, I've, he's heard a, he's, talk. I've heard him talk. He's a young guy that says outrageous things, like I said, to get attention. And um, if he believes it, I don't know. Maybe he does, you know, whatever. But he got totally banned from everything. I mean, and he's one of the one of the first guys that got banned off of everything. Um, well, he's also so the it, part of the guy that's called the, his, his group of followers are called Groypers. Did you hear about this? No. They would show up at the Turning Point USA um, functions and then they'd kind of heckle and harass the uh, the speakers like like uh, I don't know if it was Candace was was harassed but the you know the black gay guy ex military gay guy that's part of Turning Point USA oh, Rob, uh, oh, yeah. I can't remember his name and then Char- of course Charlie Kirk and they they'd ask hard questions actually some of them were good questions but a lot of it was was you know pushing the line of uh, of possibly considered uh, anti semitic and. Uh, um, so there were some other things too that were controversial, but, um, one of the questions they asked Charlie Kirk was, uh, and I think Rob, whatever his name was there. And he's like, so how is it that promoting homosexuality will further the conservative cause? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> you know? So, you know, they just, they were just kind of like trolling these, these events and they eventually got kicked out of all this kind of stuff. 
Well, I have, I think it's Rob Smith. I'm not sure. Yeah, it sounds uh, right. I have all sorts of thoughts on this, so I'm just going to try and throw some of them out there quick. Um, I'm getting tired of the anti-Semitic thing because it's like everybody says anti-Semitic all the time on things that aren't even. Now, I don't know what Nick Fuentes has said, so I have no idea. But maybe he said very anti-Semitic things. But um, so Trump has dinner with uh, uh, with Kanye. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I'm just calling him Kanye because yeah, nobody knows I'm who the hard gay is. Yet. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, apparently Milo Yiannopoulos came along for this and then brought Nick Fuentes. And Tim Poole had them on because he wanted to hear what was going on or what the whole story was. You know, there have been rumors that Trump was shouting at him and everything. And again, I have said I do not want to see Trump run again. I think it's not 2016 anymore, so I'm not saying this is like a Trump diehard defender. Um, I think he was a good president. I think his time has passed. But now everybody is saying Trump has to apologize because he had dinner with this anti-Semitic guy or whatever. Um, we have to get past this stuff because Trump's son-in-law, who I know you don't trust at all, is uh, Jared Kushner, who's Jewish. His daughter, Ivanka, who married Jared Kushner, converted to Judaism. Trump, unlike any other leader in the history of the Western world, moved the United States Embassy to the capital of, uh, of uh, Israel from Tel Aviv, or not from... Uh, not from the capital, which is Tel Aviv. He moved from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. In which all the other presidents of, said they would do and didn't. Like Obama yeah, said in that. in support <laughs> of the Jewish people. And he brokered you know? a deal or helped to broker that deal between the uh, Arab uh, nations and, yeah. and Israel. The Abraham Accords mm -hmm. or whatever. Abraham yeah. Accords or whatever, which, you know, apparently Jared Kushner was involved in. The guy is not anti-semitic well, did you see the interview that don lemon had with some guy that was uh talk i can't remember exactly I, I caught it in passing but the guy was basically saying hey you know my my parents and my family came from communist um uh, countries and we were persecuted jews and we came over this country and i met um president trump and president trump is not uh anti-semitic he is pro-jewish and uh, Don Lemon wasn't having it. He was like, no, no we're not talking about that. We're going to talk about Nick Fuentes. <laughs> yeah. And so we have to get we have to get past this idea that you are you. It, yes, there's some truth to you are who you associate with to a degree. I mean, if you're always hanging out with thug, thugs and bums, you're probably a thug or a bum or know? a social worker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but you are not responsible for the sins of the people you associate with, especially if it's only briefly, you know, just because, because if that's the case, if we're going to go down that road, we could just bring up the Jeffrey Epstein thing and indict the whole democratic party, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, this is just stupid. It's just one more way to try and shit all over Trump. So anyway, that's one thought. The second one is, I don't care what Tim Poole said. I don't care how nice he was trying to be because I listened to his follow-up from, you know, what he thought about Kanye and trying to explain his side of stuff. I don't think Tim did anything wrong in that. Um, uh, I think, uh, despite what Tim says, that Kanye is nuts. He has an issue. That's my yeah, unprofessional, he's, he's got, unmedical opinion. He's got an emotional uh, problem. 
he has he's either like narcissistic and all and i'm tired of hearing that he's a genius i'm just i'm tired of it now someone like milo on the other hand i think milo is incredibly smart yeah and that sort of leads me to my third thing here which tim brought up tim thinks that this might be milo's revenge on trump yeah and that could very well be because trump left milo out to dry yeah Yep. Um, and for those who aren't familiar with Milo, Milo Yiannopoulos, you should look him up, especially his early stuff before he went in on the whole flamboyant gay thing, which I think was an act he was portraying. Um, and what, know, got Milo, on, what got Milo canceled pretty much was A, being a strong voice pro-Trump and being out there gay, but also he started talking about um, how he was molested as a, as a kid by a, by a priest. Now, he says and that this, it was probably good for him. Yeah, he and he was he would he, he turned it into kind of a joke. You know, he'd say, "Yeah, he'd say I'm gay now," and you know, thanks to that priest or whatever. And it was like it was one of those things where you're like, eh, cringy, yeah, kind of gross, yeah, but um, but it was kind of a way for him to to you know say, "Hey, you know, I was a victim without being a victim." You know, he's he's like, I, you know, what I'm talking. He's like one of those guys that yeah. says outlandish things just to get attention, but he's not he got canceled by the left and the right because they were saying, Hey, you know, you're, you're way too, you know, pro you're, you're too rah, rah, um, Catholic priests having sex with kids because look at you, how you turned out and you're proud of it. And he's like, yeah, that wasn't the point. But, but he is incredibly smart. Yeah. I mean, he makes great points about stuff. I mean, so especially his early stuff where he's on, uh, you know, British TV shows and stuff like that. And he, he had well he had a great point he was on a point counterpoint thing with boy george and saying he wishes he wasn't gay and boy george says what do you mean how and he was so he felt kind of bad for him and at the same time was so uh you know like how can you deny what you are and milo just said no no no. my life would be much simpler if i wasn't gay you know he's not saying i hate myself for being gay but he did say you know i'm a catholic and it's considered a sin and uh i guess he's part jewish too it's, well i don't even know jewish yeah. yeah i don't even know either but my point is i think tim might be right because it sounds like nick fuentes was an add-on to this thing in other words kanye made his he uh tim gave milo credit for arranging the dinner with trump and kanye said nope i did that and milo said yes he he did that but apparently Milo brought Nick Fuentes along and Trump didn't know who he was. But and, that was all it took. Yeah. And now everybody is shitting all over Trump for it to the yeah. point where they think he may be done. Yeah. I mean, I, I am getting tired of, of if they are, if someone like Milo is setting a trap for Trump, Trump should be smart enough to suss that out. And Trump should be smart enough to say no to Kanye at this point. If Kanye says, yeah, we want to have a meeting, you know, he's going to blab the whole thing. And it, and his perspective is going to be skewed. So when he blabs, He's going to say shit that either didn't happen or he perceived differently than what really happened. And people are going to say, see, see, it's, it's true. Trump's Trump's, uh, you know, losing it or Trump's with, you know, it's, it's like it's just you, you, you can tell that it was going to be a bad idea to begin with. And people are saying, well, he had this meeting set up beforehand, so cancel it. Well, I know you're not a fan of Dave Chappelle. But Dave Chappelle is a genius too, in my opinion. And I, 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 I like I, I like Dave Chappelle. I, I mean, obviously, I don't like some of his fucking politics, but you know, that's that's a you know, that's what you have to put up with with a lot he of Hollywood did, and comedians. His monologue on Saturday Night Live was absolutely perfect. 
It really was. And he went out and now they're trying to cancel him for it. Well, he doesn't care, you know, but he yeah. said, he basically said, look, you know, I, I'm going to butcher this, but he said, one of the things you learn when you're in this business is there are certain words you don't say. And he goes, two of those words you don't say together are the Jews. Yeah. And, and he made a joke about, I'm not saying uh, that the Jews run everything in Hollywood. He goes, but gosh, there's an awful lot of them, you know? And he I mean, said, now he goes, there's an awful lot of black people in Ferguson, Missouri, and then will run that place. So, I mean, yeah. he just did a good job of it, but he walked this perfect line of like saying, I'm being a comedian, but I'm making a point. And if they come after me for this and I know they will, they'll go for the bait. They'll just be proving what I said. Yeah. Well, there's also the saying that, uh, you know, find out who you can't make fun of and that's who's in control or who's in charge. And the the whole thing is if, if you sit there and you go, yeah, George Soros is trying to destroy our nation. He's done it before other nations. He just likes fucking with currencies and fucking with nations. And you go, you can't say that. Well, why not? Well, he's Jewish. Well, that's not why yeah. I said it. It's because it's literally what he does. And so when they do that, and you go, well, I can't talk about George Soros because he's Jewish. Then you start lending credence to the whole thing where like, oh, shit. Well, if I can't talk about George Soros because he's Jewish, then there must be a Jewish cabal running everything. It's like that's what they're they're kind of pushing people towards. And it's stupid. Yeah. But, I mean, you can't blame people for thinking that way if you, if you, if they if the response is overboard, you know? Yeah. Well, anyway, back to this whole Kanye thing, and then I'll wind it up here. He, uh. He wanted to talk about, you should really, if, even if you're not a Tim Pool fan, you should go watch the yep, episode. There's, there's clips that he put out that you don't have to watch the whole hour and a half that he. he well, no, it. because watch the first 15 minutes, because that's, that's the point where he leaves. Yeah. Kanye just leaves. And, uh, you know, what he, what he does is basically he wants to, he wants to talk about the whole, you know, Jews are canceling and they won't let him go to the bank and he's not worth a billion dollars now. He's worth $400 million and. And, uh, you know, he's just, he's just so full of himself. Yeah. I mean, it comes I, across I, as very narcissistic. I expect famous people to be like that. Yeah. I really do. But he just is like on another level and, you know, he wanted to just, Tim's point was he wanted to come in there and just talk. And Tim goes, this isn't Joe Rogan's show. He goes, we bring in famous and interesting people to talk about the current politics we don't bring them in to talk about them. He goes, now we get to some of that stuff, but he goes, he wanted to do it right from the beginning and just, and he says, I had things that I wanted to push back on. And as soon as I did, he was like, you know, I'm out. And there was one thing that Tim claims and Luke, the Podolsky. uh Yeah. Um, he tried to explain too that Kanye asked those guys, he's like, how do I become president? And Tim kind of just laughed it off like, I don't know. You know, he's like, and so Kanye says, I asked you that and you ignored me. Yeah. And Tim goes, I, I didn't ignore you. I don't know. I'm, he goes, I'm just the guy who complains on the internet. Yeah. And then he goes, yeah, well, maybe just focus on, uh, on ballot harvesting or something. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Which is what they're doing now. Yeah. And he goes, but you'll certainly do well with a black vote. And Kanye got all mad about that. He goes, why'd you tell me? It's He goes, I'll do well with black people because I'm black. Like, they're a monolith. He's like, no, because people know you. You're famous. And, yes, part of it is because you're black. Well, because people want to see people who, 
it, the left keeps telling you people want to see people who look like them. So you look like them. You're famous. Yes, they would. Vote and, for you. and another reason it did seem like a setup. It seemed like a setup because it looked like Kanye was just looking for a reason to get upset and storm off. And there wasn't really a good reason. So he just decided to do it regardless, I think is what. But happened. I think that's what he does anyway. I don't think this was necessarily set up like that. Well, even I bringing think, Nick in there, Nick Fuentes in there was pointless. Like, why was he there? I think he was there because he was just hanging out with them. Like they went from the Trump thing yeah. to this. And I suppose so since he was, he was part of the meeting, they wanted to talk, you know, get the whole perspective. But yeah, because yeah, all he says is I'm Nick Fuentes. And Tim goes, well, what do you do? He goes, oh, well, I have this website. Well, that's the last he ever said. But here's the thing. It, this is fine. And if those guys, if if Milo, Nick and Kanye want to talk on some other podcast, they should host them. I mean, if this if this is the pattern of what they're doing, they're discrediting themselves. And, and people go, oh, you shouldn't platform these people. They say crazy stuff. Well, why not? If, if, if it, for one, if it's interesting, that's good. And two, they made themselves look stupid. Even, even, even Milo, like they were saying, Milo looked kind of bummed out afterwards uh, because it didn't go. I, he obviously didn't go the way he thought it was going to go. I don't think maybe, you know, maybe he's this Machiavellian genius and this is exactly what he wanted to do to tarnish Trump. But who knows at this point? But well, let him on, let him on and talk to him. I don't think he necessarily wanted it to go this way, but yeah. I think he thought if he got Kanye on there and got to explain the whole story and tell him what Trump did, that it wouldn't go well for Trump. I don't well, think he expected. I, initially, after the Trump, the meeting, I saw Kanye sitting on some bench somewhere talking to somebody. There, some, he was getting interviewed. I don't know who it was. And he was talking about, yeah, he was upset. But, uh, Trump was upset because I asked him uh, to be my vice president. I'm like, you're, that's such a blase like that's such an asshole move to go in oh, there absolutely to is. go in there and say by the way i'm running for president you want to be my vice president and you know the way kanye said it wasn't like ha, ha, i'm joking around it was like yeah this is this is what happened and you should be my vice president that's a that's a an arrogant um disrespectful fucking thing to say to a guy who just announced he's running for president, who was one of our best presidents. That's that's a complete dick move. And to have to hear that Trump bitched him out or yelled at him, I'm glad to hear that. You know. Well, to have to say that to him when he's been president, when he's just announced he's going to run for president, when you're at his place and he's hosting you, mm -hmm. and you've brought guests, it's the to do epitome that kind of, stuff. of hubris and arrogance. Well, and you say, you know, why don't these guys have their own podcast? Well, Milo's done that, and obviously Nick Fuentes has done that, though I've never heard of him. But Kanye will never do that because he's that not smart looks enough. like, well, that that is menial work to him. That's the thing that that's the, that's stuff that people who are beneath him do. Yeah, but he knows he, he knows he can't string coherent thoughts together uh, for very long. I don't think he knows that. He, I think he admitted he it on Tim Pool's thing. He was he was trying to make a point, and then he stopped himself because he was not making a point. And he goes, "Yeah, I got like seven things run through my head at once." It was an excuse. Like you're you're fucking dude. You're unhinged, and you know yeah. it. He knows he knows at some level he's he's unhinged a bit. I mean, it doesn't but mean Tim even said. Tim even said he goes, "Look, if he wants to just get up there and spout, he goes, he can have his own podcast." I'm like, he can't though because yeah. he won't let himself do that because that's. He comes to other people and does their podcast. He wouldn't. He wouldn't lower himself to do the same sorts of things that they are. Yeah, he's well, a star. Yeah, and you hear him talk about his 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 uh, fashion sense, and you just want to laugh. You're like, dude, I don't know what you think. I mean, yeah, there are sheep out there that will wear anything a celebrity tells them to wear because they're fucking moron or moronic. 
um, well, mor- he, morons. <laughs> They're morons. But one, uh, of, one of his things, one of the pieces he was selling at one point, at least that I saw an uh, internet story about it. So I don't know if it's true, but one of the uh, designs from his collection seven or eight years ago was a white T-shirt with another white T-shirt pinned to it. <laughs> And that was like, it was like $500 or something. Yeah, and there's some stupid. some sort of thing with the clothing line that he wanted to basically have the stores dump them all on the floor and have it be like a, a bunch of garbage bags full of his stuff. And they, he didn't want them presented on tables, like folded or hung. He wanted them like dumped on the floor like garbage and have people sort through them that way. Yeah, as, you know, it's more like, um, what do you call it? Um, performance art, you know, yeah. but, but it's, it's like, it, you're not, I don't know, man. Uh, it's not genius at this point. It's, um, I don't know. It's, it's part of his mental instability. Yeah. Well, I hijacked the first 20 minutes of this cause I know you wanted to get to some stuff and I did the whole yeah. for the sake of the Kanye joke. Yeah. <laughs> I derailed us. So why don't you, uh, well, you jump in with what you wanted to get to? Well, we're going to get into things that are kind of related. Uh, well not they're They're very related because, we're, we've got a society now that's kind of broken to, to a, a large degree because they're, well, I mean, I'm not even, there's so much, I mean, I'm like, I'm like Kanye right now. I got seven different things going on. Uh, <laughs> you start with, with abortion being like, you know, over 50% of the people thinking abortion is fine. Um, and, and not just like, you know, the, the mothers in danger or, or rape and incest. They just think as, as a matter of birth control. That's fine, they think. And well, it does. You have to. It's not that black and white. You have to. It's the question you ask. There are. If you ask somebody, do you think women should have the right to choose? And you got 51% say yes. And you're not getting specific about it. Then that's good enough for me. Then you then, then you haven't thought thought it through. No, but what I'm saying is when they ask the question, um, do you think the women have the right to choose? It's well above 51%. It's closer to 70. Yeah. But when you say, hey, should you be able to abort a fetus beyond 15 weeks, 20 weeks, the longer you go, the lower the number gets. And when you get to this any time for any reason stuff, when they're saying like eight and a half months, it drops down to like 15% of the country. Yeah. So it's not as simple as can you have abortion. It's it's still way too high, and the um and even the people that are just not thinking it through and just give that answer, it, it's it's disheartening. But also the fact that there's the, all the the gender fluid, trans, queer, whatever you know the they call themselves the LGBTQIA whatever plus community. I'm just going to start calling the the um sexual deviant community. Because there, there's gay people, there's gays and lesbians, and if they want to go, I'm part of a community, okay, fine. You're part of the gay community. You're part of the lesbian or gay community. Stay with that. Stick with it. You'll be fine. Don't start saying you're part of this other community because you're going to be roped into a lot of fucking shit that you probably don't want to be associated with. So don't be part of the, you know, the de- degenerate uh, uh, deviant community. Be part of the gay community and, and be happy with that. Because you because tolerance is at its uh, peak right now for that for the for the gays and and, and lesbians and it's going to drop if you keep tying your horse to this um, divergent group that just wants to take it to the next level and start you know um, like B- Balenciaga um, photographer um, having kids take taking that's Balenciaga Balenciaga is that what it's called 
I I don't know. I've I've only heard yeah. about the. Uh, it's a it's a it's a high end clothing um, um, store that like Lizzo has has rapped about and Cardi B is rapped about because it's you know because it's like saying you have a Bentley if you have your Balenciaga gear, um, and they're high end and they they hired for their fall or whatever for their winter um, um, spread they hired a photographer that had. Uh, a little girl holding a, a stuffed doll, a stuffed bear with bondage gear on, like the leather straps and stuff, and then mm-hmm. having alcohol on the coffee table and and then um, other just very creepy shit. And uh, you know, the, and their uh, Balenciaga has has denounced us and oh, we didn't know, and and, uh, and we're very sorry, but you did know. You put it out there. There was many eyes that saw this before this ad campaign went out, and uh, supposedly. There was even like uh, papers on the spread on the table that were in reference to a Supreme Court decision that upheld um, laws against child pornography, which is basically saying, "Hey, we don't care. We're we're going to do it anyway. We're going to we're going to sexualize children, and you're going to and you're going to and you're going to put up with it." So I, they they go, "Well, you know, this is they got caught, you know this this." this uh, photographer duped them. No, they didn't. They were part of the campaign. And then we've had more, more of this stuff where little Nas X, the rapper um, was doing, he's the one that had the song or the rap about riding your fucking horse. Or, I can't remember what it was. Old town mm. road or something like that. And then he started marketing to kids, all of his shit. And then as soon as he had a big group of following of kids, guess what he did? He went and started doing his super fucking gay, you know, having lap dance and Satan and stuff like that. And, 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 and and after he has this this uh, cultivated following of children, so when people say there's not this uh, Hollywood and music industry um, uh, cabal of uh, child predators out there, and they go, "Well, that's conspiracy theory." Fuck off, because it's not. You know, Ch- Jeffrey Epstein was just the tip of the of, of the uh, iceberg with all that kind of shit, and he he's not even. I think what he the the girls he was dealing with were like, I think the youngest was like fourteen or something like that. 13 or 14 or something like that. There's, yeah. there's, there's even worse than, I mean, that's bad. Don't get me wrong. That's bad, but there's even worse than that going on with, with younger and younger kids than that. Um, and we talked about a long time ago about Pizzagate, the Pizzagate where the Podestas were involved and they said the Clintons were involved in this, these pizza, these elite, uh, liberal, um, Democrat, um, um, contributors, um, uh, financial contributors were having own these pizza po- uh, parlors and then they'd have parties with kids and they'd do craven things with the kids and they go, Oh, that's a, uh, that's a conspiracy theory. Well, it, it probably got spun out a little bit, but the, it's still a fucking true story because there's pictures and there's, there's, um, communications between these people that is obvious code, you know, like code for, for doing stuff with kids. Mm-hmm. And and the Podestas are pieces of shit. The Podesta brothers, they were part of um, John, John Podesta. And what's the other one? I can't remember. Uh, John Podesta. Yeah, Leon. Who knows? But but they, if you look at their, they did New York or some magazine did a spread of their, their mansions or whatever. And people were pointing out, uh, you've got some really creepy fucking art there. Like one of the art pieces was a full size model of one of, um, one of, it was a metal uh, model of one of uh, Dahmer's victims. Um, who he cut his head off and put him in a, a very unnatural pose, or like he was arched to arch back with his arms back and the head cut off. Well, this Podesta has a full scale sculpture of that victim without the head in his home. And then he's got pictures in the walls of children in these really odd, you know, uh, 
BDSM uh, style um, uh, poses where they're like tied up or and they're in bathing suits and they're tied up or they they looks like they lined up against the wall and they've been spanked because their butts are red or whatever and it's like oh it's just it's just art no you guys are fucking pedophiles Pizzagate's real and uh, you can't you can't you can't deny it when you see all this shit yeah, Balenciaga is just another just another example of it and they they they're so bold and they think they think they're immune to it and they to a certain degree they are you know. Immune yeah. to prosecution. I mean, to, immune to consequence. So it does. It does make me mad. So, Alpha News, and it says mounting evidence shows social influence causing teens to undergo sex changes. The youth-dominated platform TikTok, which is also a Chinese psyop, is flooded with. Con- that was my own contribution. There is flooded with content promoting medical interventions, including surgeries as a solution to common adolescent woes, such as discomfort with your body. So the recent surge of transgender identification is caused in part by peer influence, a growing body of evidence suggests, and some transgender advocates are acknowledging this. Uh, many activists argue that transgenderism has become more prevalent because growing social acceptance allows more transgender people who would otherwise keep their gender identity secret to live openly which is bullshit. Critics of the youth gender transition, however argue, however, argue that growing rate of transgender identification in adolescence, along with rapidly changing demographics of trans- transgender people are evidence that peer influence is driving young people to identify as transgender and others who, who otherwise wouldn't. Yeah. And, uh, these, these, uh, uh, clinics and hospitals that perform the surgeries and boast about, you know, that they've got leaked audio and video of them boasting about how much money they get from it. You know, it's, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's sick. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a symptom of a sick culture that this is happening, you know? Yeah. And then Biden's, uh, I'm really kind of moving back and forth here, but Biden's gender fluid, um, quote unquote, ner- nuclear nerd. So the person they fu- they hired the first, uh, non-binary in their, in their, in a cabinet, not cabinet position in a, um, yeah, he works for the department of energy. Yeah. Uh, uh, deals with the with the nuclear waste, basically. So there's a article out: a controversial energy official charged with stealing women's luggage at Minneapolis uh, airport. The MIT grad went viral earlier this year when he announced his new role as the deputy assistant secretary of the Office of Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition, disposition in the U.S. Department of, of Energy. Sam Brinton, one of the first openly gender-fluid individuals in federal government leadership, was charged with a felony last month after allegedly stealing a woman's luggage at the Minneapolis airport. Uh, yeah, and uh, he's uh, also, uh, prior to working in government, he was, an, uh, he was anti-conversion therapy activist, which I think what's happening now is, is just like, it's, a, it's, a, it's like, a, you know how the Church of Satan is like a perversion of Christianity? I, th- I think all this, uh, this, this uh, gender fluid trans stuff is a perversion of, of, um, of conversion therapy. Like they're, they're the anti-conversion therapy, like conversion therapy was, if you're gay, you could pray away the gay basically is what it was. You know, you go and you talk to, usually it was a, a, a church, church, uh, group that would say, Hey, you know, you know, um, we can control, you can learn to control your sinful ways and you can become straight, healthy, you know, all that through Jesus, that kind of thing. And they've been banning it because it was based it was church based mostly but even ones that weren't church based were banned because it's conversion therapy and it's evil you can't do that but now what's happening is the these affirmations of gender or gender affirmation is is the is the new thing well it's 
it's just the other side of the coin right there what's happening you know so prior to working mm-hmm. in government he was an anti-conversion ther- therapy activist who taught kink 101 work- workshops in college campuses of course according to the national pulse a photo from one of these workshops shows brenton in a dress as he stands over three males in leather dog masks and uh yeah i'm looking at the picture right now so uh he discussed his pup play fetish in 2016 metro weekly article and he goes one of the hardest things about being a handler is that i honestly had people ask wait you have sex with animals Brenton said they believe it's abusive that it's taking advantage of someone who may not be acting up to the level of human responsibility the other misconception is that i have some really messed up background like did i have some horrible child trauma that made me have sex with animals he's a member of the He's also a member of the sacrilegious drag queen society called Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, which mocks Catholic nuns with names like Sister Pornigan, Sister Chastity Boner, and Sister Ra's Erection. So he goes by the stage name Sister Radioactive, attending a group's uh, 2021 Lavender Mass, where he paid tribute to Daddy Fauci. Uh, Yeah, he uh, once talked to college students about how he enjoys... Uh, tying up his significant other like a table and eating dinner on him while he watches Star Trek. These are the people yeah. that were that were uh, giving giving um, professional you know positions that they don't deserve and uh, that have influence over over you know um, young people that see that hey this person's getting attention this person's getting you know accolades this person's getting a, a big position a position with respect and authority i i i think uh, i think that's what i need to do you know it's disgusting yeah i i have so many problems with people who are just given jobs based on outward appearance stuff and this guy is so obviously over the top trying to get people to notice him yeah. it's and i'm not saying it's because he's gay or gender fluid uh the first of which i believe in the second one i don't i'm sorry people can hate me all they want I, this gender fluidity stuff is stupid um but Look, uh it, it's all it is, is 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 a sexual kink so whatever sexual kink these people have they they bring it out as a as an identity now i don't even think in most cases it's sexual kink i think it's just um just pay attention to me everybody if everybody is different, then you have to raise your game even more to stand out. It used to be like, you know, just, I mean, think back in like the seventies when Freddie Mercury was over the top flamboyant, right? How many freaking Freddie Mercury's do you see now? I mean, and it's just run of the mill. Everybody goes sort of, yeah, seen it. No big deal. Yeah. I mean, I, I think about my son saw the, the Bohemian Rhapsody movie. And his reaction to Freddie Mercury was, oh, he was gay? I'm like, you couldn't tell? Yeah. He's like, well, yeah, I just, I didn't know he was gay. He didn't know Freddie Mercury was gay. When we were kids, you found out Freddie Mercury was gay because you couldn't help finding it out. And it was like, oh, my God, he's gay. Yeah. You know? And so now to be noticed and to be different, to be special, because, you know, everybody's been told from from whenever that they were special to stand out you have to do crazier and crazier shit so here's this bald-headed guy the picture i saw him bald-headed guy full handlebar mustache uh 
bright red lipstick on uh, with his shaved head looking. Uh, he's looking like a dude in a dress, mm-hmm. not like a guy who's trying yeah. to look like a woman woman. He's just like, I'm a guy wearing red lipstick, wearing a fucking dress. And you'll you'll remember me and you can't help but talk about me. And that's what they get off. Of. Yeah, but I, I think there's still there's still a component of of the the sexual fetish fetish uh bringing it out in the open so someone like him probably get because he's a, a sexual pervert because obviously you've seen you know we've just talked about what he what he what he does with the with the dog masks and then the you know the kink 101 and all that um he gets off on being in public and, and having people see him like this it isn't just it just isn't just the narcissism and the attention seeking it's also the sexual component to it it's just like that teacher in canada that shop teacher that wears the uh, giant fake um, breasts and, and goes to class. It's 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 not just hey look at me I'm different. It's it's also he's getting aroused by this, and, yeah, and that's maybe. a problem. I just I just think it's you know there's there's a point where you say, look, to each their own, and I'm fine with that. You do you, that's fine. But there's a certain amount of stuff that you keep behind closed doors because you just are fucking weird. If you don't, yeah. you know, so, well, and, and I don't know. And, and I, you don't, and you don't bring your, your children to your, your kids to strip clubs. You know, if you're straight, you don't, you don't take them to a strip club or you don't take them to a highly sexualized uh, movie. Um, so it's, it's no different with, uh, with, with gays. And I don't think most gay people I know personally are not, they don't act like fucking freak shows and weirdos. You know, they're, they're, they seem like normal people that just so happen to be attracted to the same sex. So if you, if you talk to them, they also, when they're asked, will say they fully support these people. Well, I I don't know, to be honest with you, I haven't asked like straight up asked, do you support, do you think this is great? Do you think, do you support this person? Because I'm actually kind of afraid of the answer because if I get an answer that says, oh yeah, it's great. I'm going to be like, well, then you've just, you know, you've just tied in with them and uh, I can't, I can't fucking I can't deal with you. You know, I can't, I can't be around you, you know? Um, yeah. So I'm kind of afraid to ask because it's like, if, if we go over it and I find out, yeah, these, they're totally cool with the transgender stuff. They're totally cool with hormone blockers for teenagers and all that. If I find that out, uh, you know, maybe I should, maybe I should but just... I don't know if they, I don't know if they are as much as they'll say they are. Yeah. That's another point. It's like, they don't kind of, they've been kind of programmed to go, Hey, I have to be part of this. I have to be supportive. You know, because if somebody wasn't supportive of me, then, you know, then, then, then where would I be now? So I have to be supportive. No, you don't dude. There's, there's, there is a slippery slope and you, you can't, I don't know. You can't run full, full speed down it, you know? Yeah. But oh, so, so this guy, this guy, so he's, he's in the Biden administration. Um, and the charges were that he, the law enforcement in Minneapolis airport were alerted to a missing suitcase of the baggage claim baggage claim on September 16th. The adult female victim said she flew into uh, Minneapolis on a Delta flight from New Orleans, went to retrieve her check bag and it was gone. So it was a Vera Bradley roller bag, which is, I guess, thousands of dollars, you know, and uh, this guy goes up and never, never checked baggage on, on his flight, went to the carousel, saw the bag, ripped off the tag and took it. And then I guess, um, used it there and got rid of the clothes and then used it on, 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 um, um, subsequent flights. <laughs> so they have all video of this guy doing this. And, uh, so he, 
okay. So he left the airport with an Uber to stay at a hotel and he came back and had it, had it with him. That bag was estimated about $2,300. Police questioned Brenton about the missing bag on October 9th on a phone call, asked him directly if he took anything that did not belong to him. Not that I know of, Brenton allegedly responded. He later admitted to taking the bag, but said the clothes inside were his. If I had taken the wrong bag, I'm happy to return it, but I don't have any clothes for another individual. That was my clothes when I opened the bag, he told the police. Uh, he allegedly called the investigating officers two hours later and apologized for not being completely honest. This this time he said he took the bag because he was tired and thought it was his. So he told Even police, though he didn't check a bag. Yeah, he told police that he realized the bag didn't belong to him when he opened it up at the hotel, but got nervous and didn't know what to do, worried that people would think he stole the bag. Written told it's because he fucking did. Written told police he left the victim's clothes in the drawers in the hotel room. He said he brought the bag back to D.C. with him because it would have been weirder to leave the bag in the hotel room. Uh, police told Brenton how to return the bag to Delta, but as of October 27th, the victim still has not received her bag. And also, they learned that no clothing was recovered from the hotel room. So this guy's a you know a, a psychopath. He's a narcissistic piece of shit psychopath, and uh, has no business being in any kind of position of authority anywhere or anywhere near kids. Do people like this do not? They should not be allowed to run free in society. <laughs> That's what we used to have mental uh, institutions for, and and involuntary well, involuntary uh, you know institutions for people like this to to, to help because they obviously are, are are troubled people. I can say that you know someone can make an honest mistake and grab the wrong bag. You know, I can't say that I could ever make the mistake of not packing a bag. And then grabbing the wrong bag. And then ripping the tag off in full view of the cameras. Yeah. And uh, and then to say, well, no, they were my clothes. It's like, dude, th these aren't even good lies. I mean, it's like you put no effort into this. You got busted and you, you didn't even think ahead of time, like, what am I going to say if something happens? You know? Well, and you've got people like Rachel, Dr. Rachel Levin, the first transgender, um, what is what is he secretary of health and human services uh, or something I don't, like that? He's like assistant secretary of health and human services or something uh, like that. You know, he's 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 pro transing the kids. He's pro. He's all about giving hormone blockers to kids and all that kind of stuff. So he's he's an evil fucking monster too. And it just goes to show that these these fuckers, these these perverts, and these these they have compulsions that they can't they can't help but act on. And they're being they're being propped up and they're being given a pass by a lot of these uh, Democrats and leftists. And um, yeah, it's got to stop. It has to stop. By the way, I had a, uh, I had an interesting conversation with somebody um, who uh, was all pissed off that Fetterman got elected mm -hmm. and uh, said, I don't even know how these, and this is someone on our side, uh, someone saying, I don't even know how he got elected. He's an idiot. I said, well, you can't run these terrible candidates against these people. And I am tired of the people on the Republican side who say they're tired of people saying they're bad candidates. They said, no, 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 we got to fight differently. And yes, that is true as well. But two things can be true at once, that we have to learn to do this better and play with the rules that are in place, and you can have bad candidates. And Oz was one of them. Yeah, was I mean, they brought candidate. him in from out of town and – you know, he just, he didn't, I mean, Fetterman could run on, you know, hey, at least he's from here, which yeah. is apparently what it took. But 
anyway, so this person was like, can you believe they elected that person? I said, well, the one they ran against them was terrible. And I said, and by the way, used to be pro-transitioning the kids. And the person was like, what? I'm like, yeah, used to be pro-trans mm-hmm. kids. Yep. yep. I said, had a national show, talked about it. Yeah. And the person goes, well, no, that's not true. And, and I said, I said, because you don't want it to be or yeah. because you didn't know. I said, because it is, I can show you. Yeah. And they couldn't believe it. And I said, you got to do the research on your people, too. Yeah. I said, you have to. And I said, that's part of the reason he lost. I still think, you know, part of the reason Scott Jensen lost in Minnesota was uh, some conservatives were real nervous about his stance on gun control. Yeah. You know? And so, and it certainly didn't help that he said, we're going to ban abortion. You know, uh, that kept getting run over and over and over on ads. But but it was interesting to me to have someone on our side who generally, at least politically, I align with, I won't always say agree with, but I align with to a large degree, say, you know, well, I'm surprised that person. It's like it, it took five minutes of research to figure that out. Yeah. Five minutes. Yeah. You also remember when Jesse Smollett was out there that he was like, oh, no, Jesse's a great guy. I believe him totally. Like because he's uh, I didn't I didn't know that but yeah he, yeah. he backed uh, Jesse Smollett right, right away and because he's one of those you know the fame a fame whore he's he likes being around famous people and talking talking about you know stuff he likes being in that crowd so he did you know he he's gonna back another famous person of course because that's part of his that's part of his, that's who he wants to be well so. to a large degree I think that's what politicians are anyway they just want to be they want to hang with the glitterati yeah that's true you know. So well, I think Michael Malice even said that Michael Malice uh, was on uh, Tim's show. I didn't get to see most of it. I just saw a little clip of it, but he basically said that that's Trump's biggest problem is that he's too, he's too in, in, in enthralled with fame. He's too enthralled with famous people. And, you know, he, he's, he, that's why he was so supportive of Dr. Oz and um, Kanye and all that. Cause he just wants to, you know, he wants to have uh, connections with famous people. You know, I got to say, I like Michael Malice, and I don't I don't know if I feel good about saying that or not, because, I mean, he says some sort of stuff that I just go, what the hell are you saying? He's a bright guy. But he has, yeah, very smart, but he's one of those guys who isn't like just, Glenn Greenwald's the same way, not to the same degree, but, you know, someone who you're like, look, if I was just going to sit down and say, where do you fall on the political spectrum? Uh, I would say that's someone I obviously, for the most part, am not going to agree with. But I like that they have principles, and that they're not cheering for jerseys. Yeah, well, you he, know, he like says this he's person, an, I, an anarchist. Just so everybody knows who we're talking about. Yeah, I know, but I don't think he even knows what an anarchist is. No, he seems to. I mean, he goes on and on about it. Yeah, I don't. You know, it's like it's the same as pe- those people saying, "Hey, you know, if they're going to have a civil war. I'm down with it." No, you're not. Yeah. No, you're not. You yeah. think you are, but you're not, you know, you think that that means you and your buddies are going to get to run roughshod over those neighbors you don't like. No, it means, it means take a look around Ukraine right now. That's what a yeah, civil war it, looks yeah, like. Yeah, and it means mobs are going to rise up and take your shit from you. <laughs> yeah. More than likely. They're going to kill you for, they're going to kill you for Kansas soup. Yep. You know, I mean, just, it's, it's not good. So I think he talks about anarchy, like, or like, uh. Not to the same degree, but almost like, you know, skateboarders in the 80s and 90s would always paint the anarchy symbol all over the place. It's like, you are not going to be in charge when there's an anarchy 
you're just going to have, you know, Hell's Angels riding you down and beating you over your head yeah. with your own skateboards because they feel like it, you know? So. Well, it's almost I, like. But I, the thing. I'm oh, sorry. Interrupting. I was again. just going to say, I like that Michael Malice isn't easy to pin down because if you make a good argument, he will go along with it. Yeah. He's someone who I think is open to having his opinion changed. He's like the opposite. He's the anti-Sam Harris. Sam Harris just wants to tell you how fucking smart he is. And don't get me wrong, he's probably a very intelligent person, but he's a dumbass. Yeah. And he has he has no principles at all. He's all like, yeah, I'm all for free speech until someone says something I don't like, and then really it's for everyone's good that we really shut them out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I think with, so. when it comes to anarchists and and the the real hardcore libertarians, I think it's it's almost like a the same with the communists and or people that push communism and socialism. They it's all well, in, you know, in theory, in, it, it has to be done right. It can be done right, and you're like, no, it can't be. Communism or anarchy cannot be done right. <laughs> you know, it's not going to ever turn out like kumbaya. And Tim Pool actually made a good point. He's, I mean, I. I, I must get I just pushed his videos like left and right on YouTube because I, I do get a lot of stuff from him. But he he made a good point. He said, he go he goes communism actually kind of works in a in a limited degree if you've got yeah, in a, very, a very small in a, group of people that are like minded. Yeah. And he goes, but you get above like around a hundred, things start falling apart. <laughs> well, you know where it works great. It works great in the little kibitzes in uh, in uh, Israel. Yeah. You know, like these little walled communities that help yeah. each other raise their food. It's basically a neighborhood. Yeah. But, you know, but you can't expand, a, 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 you know, past a certain point and it becomes un, untenable. It doesn't work. Right. And, and the same with because, and, and the same with the with with the, you know, the like the libertarians and the anarchists or the, the minarchists. They say, you know, cops are cops are just thugs. They're just gangsters, and and you don't need law enforcement. Well, fuck you, do. In a society, when it gets big enough, you need laws. You need enforcement of those laws, and you need to have a social contract where people respect those laws. And if you just have anarchy, then it's going to turn into what communism and everything else turns into a strong arm dictatorship or authoritarianism is going to take control. Yeah, because that's there's a vacuum. And you and the vacuum has to be filled with something. So well, pe and and people pe aren't always people aren't, and then that's none of that secular humanist bullshit. Where people deep down, people are just good. No, they're not. You have to learn. Well, you have I to learn I, to be good. I think people deep down are good. What I mean when in when they're raised right, but even people who are raised right and are good will do some pretty evil things because. You know, when it comes down to it, it's like protecting me and mine. Well, you know, put it, so yeah. Putting, go back to yeah. this. Go back to this commune idea of this neighborhood. You get, you know, a hundred people together who are like-minded and get along, and everything's fine. And then uh, two miles away, there's another one of these things, but there's 150 people there. Yeah. Well, because you start saying, "Hey, we're fine with us, and they're fine with them, but we're not sure they're going to be fine with us, and there's more of them than us." So almost out of a survival instinct, people say, we got to do something about them. You know, well, let's take a, a put aside, you know, the religious aspect where man, man has fallen, you know, that besides that also like Jordan Peterson said, uh, he said a, a couple of things about you have to, you have to recognize 
you know, your, your, your inner beast or inner nature. You can't just try to say it doesn't exist. You have to learn yeah, what it is to, and you have to be able to control it. You have to embrace your, uh, your inner demons. Yeah. And so that goes back to the young in thing of the ego, the, the id and the right. what I'm saying ego, though, is that, that you're not, you're not, people aren't naturally good. Na- people are naturally that you start out very as a child. You, you are selfish. You are told not to be selfish. You're told to share. You're told you're, you're taught to have empathy. If you're not taught to have empathy as a child, like kids that are raised in orphanages, guess what? They don't have empathy. They never will have it because they're, because they're intrinsically selfish. So you have to, you have to have nurturing to make you a good person. And these secular humanists think, no, just deep down, basically, we're all good and do so on. No. So if you have, you know, a, a good system in place, everybody will live by the good system. No, they'll fuck it up. <laughs> well, I think once it gets big enough, you know, Tom Sowell points out that everything works fine until we have scarcity. Yeah. That's and a good he goes, point. scarcity is what brings out the bad stuff and everything. And, you know, to counter your point about, you know, you're not deep down good and there's some things inherently you know like for example jordan peterson brings up this uh thing about having mice you know when you have mice and they're playing with each other there's bigger mice that win all the time when they sort of play fight Mm -hmm. but those mice will lose sometimes on purpose because they realize if they don't the other mice don't want to play with them anymore Hmm. and i think those are natural things you learn now yes the example of kids who are grown grow up in orphanages and don't those kids, like the kids in Russian orphanages, yeah, they find out that they're sociopaths because they haven't had, it's not even the nurturing, it's just any human touch or contact. They're raised basically in a room where someone comes in and feeds them. There's no, yeah. you know, so I, I do think deep down people are basically good, but it's a fragile kind of good. And when you start bringing scarcity into it, when you have limited resources or limited and resources can be anything from food and water to attention to anything. People start going, I got to have some of that. And they start, they stop worrying about, and then it becomes like a survival thing, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. But I think, but I, but I think scarcity is, is one avenue, but then you've got um, what happens when you have all the money and power, what happens? You become, de- you know, these people become depraved like Epstein. And the people around him, when well, they have, when, they, when there's nothing, when there's no checks, there's nothing about it. They have everything they want more than they want. Then they become even worse. Well, some people do. And some people become even better. The, the point is we can sit here and go round and round about whether you're basically good or basically bad. But the truth is, I think we probably agree on how people should be treated and act. Yeah. And, you but, but you have and to have a system of, uh, you have to have a system of laws and rules for a society to function that you know because you can't you know this whole diversity is a strength is bullshit because in diversity there's conflict because you're going to have different um different motivations fighting against each other you yeah know? absolutely so you got to have a unified front and a part of a unified front is a system of rules that everybody abides by you know yeah and anarchy anarchy does not have that Oh, even libertarian to some degree, their, their principle is, is the non-aggression principle. That's their number one thing is like, as long as you don't aggress on somebody else, then you can do whatever you want. Well, (laughs) see how that works in practice. Well, and you could also say that libertarianism is that individual parties should be able to, uh, treat with each other and, and enter into, you know, mutually, mutually beneficial contacts without the government 
getting involved. Yeah, but also they say you have a right to property. Well, he says who and, you know, I don't know. There's there's a lot to be said where you need government for that kind of stuff too. Some form of I government. I think most libertarians or people who call themselves libertarian don't really even know what libertarian means. Yeah. Yeah. My theory is still, and I'll say it till I die, libertarian means I vote Republican, but I don't want to tell anybody. Yeah. That's... Those are 99% of the libertarians I meet, you know, so. Well, and, and you can't fault them for being pissed off at government, saying government's fuck, fucked up, because it is. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it is. So, and, and trying to limit government's almost impossible. So, yep. Yeah, more, come up, All right, come well, up we're coming here. up on yeah. time here, so. I said that. <laughs> okay. Okay. I uh, said it too. Okay. <laughs> So if you want to get a hold of us, best place to do it is on Facebook. Uh, after having um, Dodo Bird on last episode, I was contacted by um, another listener who said, hey, is there like some lotto to get on your show or something? <laughs> no, we'll have people on any time. Yeah, we like so, having a different, differing uh, viewpoints. Or even if you if you tend to agree with us, you know, there's always going to be something that's, uh, that uh, makes it different. And, and interesting. Yeah. So if uh, if you're interested, let us know. Uh, best way to do us do it is contact us on Facebook. Uh, but that's where we put almost everything out. So uh, like, follow, share, all that stuff, and uh, um, that's the best place to get a hold of us. See you. Bye. So, <laughs> so I guess until next time. See you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>